The gospel is marvelous because it deals with men. As you go on with the Lord, you will realize his whole burden is just mankind. And what a privilege it is to bring God to another human being. You taste this, the food which no one else know. It's, 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 it ruins you. You know why you're created. Uh, surely going on with the Lord is touching his burden for man from the time he saved, shepherding, and into the church life. <clears throat> I don't like to share too much of my testimony, but uh, sometimes you have to. Paul says that he testifies before King Agrippa concerning his salvation. And also he touches his testimony in Galatian that he ravaged the church, but it pleased God. It's really the Lord's mercy that anyone is saved. And we saw from uh, uh, the other meeting that we, who was not seeking him, he manifested himself to us. And in that same chapter 10, it says, the word is near you in your heart and in your mouth. Who put it there? <laughs> we put it there. The word which we preach. That we have the privilege of putting faith into man. Man who has nothing, who's negative, maybe, who's not seeking for God, but our speaking and our burden for them could put faith. The word will be in their heart and in their mouth. And that person will receive the triune God. Everything else that's happening on the earth is, earth is temporary. You consider everything that's going on is just vanity. And I'm so glad that the gospel has come to me. I believe this may be the first requirement to be one who shares the word. You appreciate your salvation. Uh, the touching section, I would say, that touched me so much in the years is Luke chapter 10. Could we turn there? <clears throat> uh, 
Okay, verses 25 to 37. Let's read it uh, alternating between brothers and sisters, huh? How about brothers, verse 25? And behold, certain lawyers stood up and put it into the test, saying, Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? I believe Bradley has opened up shows the very God in his process reaching man. Of course, we all have our story. And I don't like to touch this section because it's too touching. You cannot, I cannot make it into a doctrinal word. Here we see that all mankind is going down. Going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jericho is a place of curse. Everyone is going down. Man was destined to be in Jerusalem. A place where God chose for man, but he fell and he's going down. The priest, the Levite, and a certain one. And you see this certain man in verse 30, 
was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among rubbish, having both stripped him and beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. Although, when, although you look at man, you think, oh, no, 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 no. Some are okay. But mankind is going downhill. There is no way he can escape the curse of Jericho. And I realized growing up as a young boy, I'm sorry to have to bring in myself, I never knew what I was created for. <laughs> although, uh, as a young boy, uh, although being a Buddhist, I lived in a very beautiful place on Hawaii. Good weather, and I went fishing, uh, hunting, and I think I went barefooted to school up to 11th grade. And I was forced to wear shoes one day because my friends elected me to be the president of the class. And, and as a president, I have to wear shoes when they have a meeting, I guess. <laughs> and family, we were very happy. Uh, of course, not knowing God, I just bowed down to Buddha. As I remember from about a little boy, between my mother and my father. Everything seems okay. The weather's fine, good family, but I did not know we we're going down. Then my father got sick. He died at 52. And I remember, of course, I, at that time in his sickness, I came to California. My first week to California, over 100 degrees temperature, you know. I thought I came to hell. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and of course, when death comes, everything is tested. What you have, what you are. So I was trained to be strong, trained to even try to be good, try to be fair. Of course, you find out this evil nature in your being. And I remember when he went from 168 pounds to 97 or 98 pounds. As a young man, how do you handle that? You chant to a God who is not God? You don't know God? You don't know the future after death. You have no solution for the present. 
then everything negative in your being begin to rise up. At that point, I hated God, whoever he was. <clears throat> the more I chanted, the worse it became. And I wanted to um, go to school at the same time. And I remembered being in a hospital, I had to travel to Hawaii <laughs> with my mathematics books, sitting next to my dad in the hospital. He was in bed, and here I'm trying to study mathematics while seeing him die. No one had the answer. So we are all going down, wounds after wounds. But we have learned to hide everything because we're afraid. Who do you go to? Who do you open to? So that's, that's what <laughs> my condition. It says a certain priest was going down, and it's by coincidence. You notice it says by coincidence. When he saw him, passed on the opposite side. Everything of religion is objective. They can tell you all your problems. They can tell you what will happen to you. But they only look at man from the opposite side. There is no solution. Who has the answer for man? What is the answer? And I just thought about this many times. I don't know why I kept on going. Maybe like one Gentile song says, I believe it was, um, how does it go? That that you, there's a hopelessness, you might as well just die. You want to die, but you fear of dying. You're too chicken. Maybe I was too chicken to die. And in the middle of that time, somehow I met my wife <laughs> in the bottom of a pit I was. Why she married me, I don't know. I, I have no idea. <laughs> At that very same time, my mother became ill. She would wash her hands 
30, 40 times a day, unable to cleanse her inward being. We tried doctors, okay, we lost our father. We tried doctors, so here she is chanting every day. We tried psychologists, we tried the family, we tried everything until we're exhausted. I was exhausted and I knew she was looking to me for strength. I even I've been hoped many times that <laughs> just everything be over with. In other words, I had no love. Absolutely no love for my mother. I felt like an animal. Cause I wouldn't tell that to anyone. What kind of person are you that has no love for your mother? A wound so deep, so agonizing. So this was my destiny. You try everything, it doesn't work. And even I was a very social person. I had no one to open this to. But let's read, if that's the end of the story. <laughs> Verse 33. But, let's all read it. But a certain Samaritan, and the word here, is journeying, not coincidence. This one journeyed 
to us. He's the very God of the universe that journeyed from the third heaven into the manger <laughs> to become man's solution. He took a long journey, sold everything to reach us down from his glory. Came upon him, saw him, surely this is his human living, in incarnation. He was moved with compassion, surely, that's the cross. <laughs> and came to him, not only what observes him from the opposite side, came to him and bound his wounds and poured oil and wine <laughs> and placing him on his own beast brought him to a wonderful place called the church and took care of him and next day he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. It's really a hospital. <laughs> the church is a hospital for sick people like us. Whatever you spend in addition, when I return, I will repay you. So here you see, in, in teaching anyway, the whole process from his coming to us, reaching us, dying for us, pouring on our wounds, a life-giving spirit, bringing us to the church, caring for us, all the way to his second return. And the whole step is a love and care for all those who are saved. From a place of curse to the inn. That's why I appreciate being in the inn. Do you appreciate being in the inn? Yeah. Well, I says, well, I just had tried to be good. And the more I tried to be good, my temper, which came up not that often, but when it did, it was very explosive. My language at that point changed to curse, basically cursing Christ. I can't say too much. Anyway, after I got married, I says, well, um, maybe she will help to make me happy. And my temper will be mellowed down, right? Isn't that just everyone's looking for 
an answer apart from Christ? Well, it didn't change anything. I loved her, yet I hit the walls. And the only way at times I controlled it is I had a punching bag which I would reach and hit that. Or dive in the ocean and go kill some something and call it sports, you know. After you kill it, you feel good. Anyway, this one journeyed to me through the gospel, through a brother in the church. Hallelujah for this journey. Amen. A complete stranger. I didn't know he was sitting somewhere in the class. <laughs> and later he told me that every day the Lord would pray for me. A complete stranger. I, I don't know who this guy was. He never told me that until after I was saved. And the Lord began to brood. I shared Monday concerning one visitation. I could not take the gospel of Christianity. It was to me, it was senseless. Here we are on earth and we gotta run away to heaven. What kind of God is that? Can't solve our problems here. Man's suffering. And uh, I played a game where I wanted to know who were the top students in the class. You ever played that? And, and being, in Buddhism, you, you train yourself to be humble. So the hardest thing to deal with is pride. You know, when you, you get the top score, you, you, you shine like a neon light. I mean, just the way you walk, just the way you talk, just the way you ask questions to the teacher, you knew. And, and, and this guy was sitting next to me, and usually I would spot the ones, and, uh, and the teacher put the score on the board, and, and this one guy was way up there, so, and I couldn't find it, and somehow the Lord used that, and he had this kind of dull-looking guy next to me, and I says, you know who this guy is? I says, is that you? He goes. Boy, this is a boring class. I says, I'm asking, is that you? <laughs> and I just pinned him. And then he took out his papers. This guy sitting right next to me, I couldn't find him. He was genuinely not proud. He was a tops, but so what? 
I never seen that. In Peter it says, we're called by his glory and virtue. First Timothy says that God is manifested in the flesh. I was so attracted by that virtue. And one day he came in late, and I says, well, why will you come so late? <clears throat> His wife gave birth, you know. So, and there was no cigars, no. I says, congratulations, you know. <clears throat> I, he was so quiet, and I was so, I'm trying to dig him out, you know. So one day I asked him, oh, this guy looks so, so kind of, you know, square. <laughs> I says, my wife and I love to dance. We used to go up. Oh, I said it. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. <laughs> it was BC. <laughs> Before Christ. <laughs> so I says, you know, um, my wife and I would like to teach you dancing, you and your wife. <laughs> you ought to see his face. I was just looking right in his eyes. <laughs> he goes, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> was it yes? Was it no? <laughs> Only the angels know. <laughs> then I, I, I went home, I told my wife, I says, there's this guy in my class, and I have all the time people over, have parties, I had a musical group, had a diving group, Sports, all these things. Teaching, dancing with the young people. And uh, she says, you know a lot of people. I said, well, this guy, his wife just gave birth. Yeah, well, what new about that, you know? <laughs> I says, how about we give him a present? So she says, what's his wife's name? I said, I don't know. <laughs> what's his last name? I don't know. Where does he live? I don't know. I think she got really, really offended because I didn't give her that much presents. <laughs> And now, <laughs> I'm going to give a stranger a present? <laughs> anyway, I think she says, like the relatives, sometimes they get sick. They say, I don't do anything so much in myself. But I had such an urge to give this one a present. So we argued. I says, you know, it's a free country. <laughs> We can give presents to anybody we want to. <laughs> it was a drawing of the Lord. 
I knew that there was something in this man that nobody else had. But he knew I was a tough case, so he never told me, talked to me about the gospel. <clears throat> but he prayed and prayed. And just to show you, I'm just freely speaking. Is it okay? Okay. And, uh, of course, he was praying. I didn't know he was praying, okay, he never told me he was praying, you know. And I didn't know he was a Christian, quote, quote. If he says he was a Christian, I would have been turned off. I saw Christ manifested in a man before he told me he's a Christian. I could not take the word Christian without the living. So I, I, I studied with another person, and we used to like to study and play pool, you know. And uh, took two math courses with this one. His name is Bob Black. <laughs> At the same time that the brothers were praying for me, they also were praying for him, but they didn't know we had connection. And he was a Christian later, I found out. One day, <clears throat> I told him, I says, um, no, he told me. He came to me. Uh, we were, he says, uh, next certain day, I can't study with you. I have to go to a prayer meeting. Prayer meeting? Or pray with Christians. Of course, this one is not in the church now. I look back. And they, they're praying for this brother. And then I says, good, man, you should pray. You should pray. <laughs> he says, I'm a Christian. And he shared with me how he got saved. He was in an accident, ready to die, he open to God. And I says, good, so I'm a Buddhist. You're a Christian. Let's continue play pool. I wasn't touched by his life. He's going to heaven, I'm going to. That's how I felt. Or however God looks at it. He was a good man. I was a good man. Then he came back to me the following day. He says, you know, I, 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 I won't go to that prayer meeting or that, to pray with them. I'm studying with you. I want to be with you. And I says, you ought to go. I said, I said, why can't you go there with them? He says, they pray different. <laughs> I said, are you a Christian? He says, are they Christians? He says, yeah. And you can't pray with each other? I says, I'm a Buddhist. I'll take you to that place. <laughs> I said, what kind of Christian are you? I'll go. I'll take you there. And that was my going to the meeting. So I walk, and there they met in the cafeteria, right in the corner. 
And usually, I'm with Christians, I have all the answers. First answers when they used to preach the gospel to me, I says, why do you have more divorces in Christianity than in what I am in Buddhism? It shuts everybody's mouth. I went there, and that brother that was in that class, who sat next to me, was sitting down. Inside, I went, oh, oh. <laughs> and he didn't say anything. There's another guy doing all the talking. He wasn't in the church either. But I was watching the very brother that, that was in my class. What was his reaction? And I told him I'm a Buddhist, I don't believe. That's honest, I don't believe, and I don't know how to believe. But because of his presence, the gospel came. And I eventually, uh, one of them says, you gotta pray, I believe, and call the Lord, and I says, I don't believe. So I said, okay, for this one, he, he, I just said, I believe. I believe in Jesus, but, but I don't, right? <laughs> and I watched that brother, still quiet. And somebody says, you're born again. Yeah, I says, I was born on February 28th. That was my birthday. So I didn't know what they were talking about. I said, yeah. I didn't hear it again. I was born on February 28th. So I was born on February 28th. I was born again on February 28th. I got a double birth. 12 o'clock, Cal State, Los Angeles, on the third table in the cafeteria call, Inferno. <laughs> He got me all the way from the inferno. Of course, I, I, my whole time was this brother. So I says, well, I don't have a Bible. And they all threw their Bible to me. <laughs> and I took one with a genuine leather. <laughs> and I checked. I checked their faces whether they did it religiously, reluctantly, or genuinely. I wouldn't take it otherwise. They sincerely gave up their Bible. Later I found out that this brother had a degree already. He was teaching, but he was touched by Bradley's ministry to go to the campus to preach the gospel. So he took another major. He borrowed money to preach the gospel, and he was a quiet person. That's the price he paid to get one lousy material, huh? <laughs> anyway, and I says, he says, then I got a Bible, and he, then he opened his mouth. He says, turn, go to the New Testament, John. I mean, he says, go to John chapter 1, verse 12, 11 and 12. 
I says, where is John? <laughs> so he, you see this? This is for me. <laughs> kiss not only the Bible, kiss this. <laughs> so he opened up the Bible. And he said, ooh, he knows where it is. <laughs> and all the time, you know, the wounds are in me. But I won't show it. So he put that, um, put that there and closed it. He said this, you go to your room and read the Bible. And I says, why would he say that? Is this connected to the one that visited me earlier? So I went to class, sat down, and all I could hear was, go to your room. <laughs> go to your room. Go to your room. I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> what do you think I did? <laughs> I jumped in my car, got, got, I walked right out of class. I don't know what the teacher thought. I got better business, right? <laughs> and right on the freeway, here things saying, go to your room. I went to my room, and again, the Lord's presence was there. This time, I had the word. And I read this word. I could just. He came to his own, yet those who were his own did not receive him. And then verse 12. But as many as received him. I thought, I said, to be a Christian like you, it would take 20 years. I thought it was human labor. Here it says, as many as receive. Right then I just stopped. Who could say as many? Who? And what is there that can say as many? And as many as are good, as many as are strong, as many as receive. Amen. This is the love of God. I just wept. Whoever and however it to be, I didn't know what the word save is. It's I have to just receive. As many as received him, received him, to them he gave the authority to become the child of God. And I knew the outward presence came inside. I just, 
I was just dumbfounded. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Here comes the oil. Amen. Here comes the wine. Amen. I wept. I, my wife came home. She looked at me. What happened? She didn't say anything. I know she looked strange. But I don't know what to say. I didn't know how to explain what. So I went to, I went to, and I knew where they met. They met in the cafeteria. So I tried my best not to go. I want to meet another place, not in a cafeteria. My Buddhist friends were there. And you know, these, these Christians here, I mean, most people, they just, at the, di at the lunch table, mumble, 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 right? They thank you, this, uh, this, start with the name of, start with something and then end in the name of the Lord, right? That's a prayer, right? But not these guys. Lord, you're the bread of life, amen. <laughs> We love you. Amen. Shut, shut your mouth. My friends are there. <laughs> My friends look at me. Hi. <laughs> I told the Lord, of all Christians, why did you bring me to the noisy ones? I, <laughs> I want to be like a dumb Buddhist. You're dead. Surely you're going to be dumb. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So and then I, I, I tried my best not to come. I tried my best. I tried. 12 o'clock, I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> I couldn't. Too strong. So I, I, I got the technique. When they prayed, I covered my eyes. <laughs> my prayer was, make their prayer short. <laughs> and in, I believe in Romans 10, it says, we shall not be ashamed. Amen. I was ashamed. Of course, I didn't know the verse, but right at that point, the Lord says, you are ashamed of me. Oh, you talk about clearance and prayer. Right there, I confess. Weeping before God. Forgive me for being ashamed of you. So I, I says, Lord, then I opened my mouth. You're the bread of life. Amen! <laughs> My friends heard. What's wrong with amen? We need more amen on these campuses. <laughs> I used to curse God. No one stopped me. Why didn't you say anything when I cursed God? Now I praise him and you look like, this is not the right place. I said, sorry, I have a debt to owe. 
I have cursed him in the universe. Now I will praise him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Freedom of speech. Don't be like me. I just got a debt. Not bad, huh? What do you like? Cursing God or praising God? No man speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is a curse. By praising Him since 1968, my mouth cannot curse God. He changed my mouth. He gave us a new heart. Amen. He gave us a new spirit. Amen. And I believe he gave us a new mouth. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So a sad person inwardly became a wild person. And they said, is your wife safe? I said, ah. She wanted to take me to church before. And I won't go. She wanted to take me to some kind of Christian religion, and I won't go because all the hats and this and that. I, I told her I get more, more out of going down the beach than going in that place. So they begin to pray for my wife, and I says, I never knew about Matthew's uh, feast. So I told my wife, you know, let's make a big dinner. She says, for who? I said, uh, uh, for some Christians. <laughs> oh, no, I, I said, those I pray with every day. She looked at me like, pray? Pray and you? <laughs> Sports and you, TV and you, dancing and you, music and you, cursing and you, now pray. She kind of looked. I said, yeah, the ones I pray with. So we cooked, we cooked uh, Japanese food, American food, and uh, had a big dinner, and then they, they, the four brothers brought their wives, and I invited my hula dancing group. Now, none of you will fellowship with me anymore. <laughs> so here comes my friend, cigarette. They like to drink beer. I never drank because I, I never wanted anything to possess my being. I wanted to have full control of whatever I did. So I never wanted alcohol. But my friends, fine. They came over, cigarette, come in. 
Hi, Howard. Cool, you know. <laughs> and here comes the brothers. Bible and hymnals. <laughs> One group, and there's the brothers. <laughs> Wonderful party! You know what I watched? I watched where the brothers and sisters judge my friends. I never been to a meeting yet. This was two weeks after I was saved. I never checked on doctrines. I checked on the reality of their living. They received my friends with the whole heart. Wow. And my wife looked at that, Bibles and hymnals. We had a little coffee table. We're on Fountain Avenue, one block south of Sunset. And she looked at it. And, I, and almost like this time, my husband really did it. <laughs> so we ate. Because I was watching her, you know, I wanted her to be saved, but I don't know what save is. It's just God gets inside of her, right? <laughs> to me, save is God getting inside. <clears throat> so I watched her, I watched her. And she served, and all the brothers and sisters were eating, my friends were eating. And at that time, you have to realize, my mother was ready to die. One of the hula dancers, pretty girl, also told me she's ready to jump over the cliff. And I met a young man whose brother is a doctor who they put in a mental hospital. The parents got divorced. And he came to my house and just sat in the corner. And this is just before I got saved. All parties except my mother were there. And you know who showed up at the dinner? Jesus. And I watch, we ate, and then one brother says, hey, you live on Fountain Avenue, we have a drinking song. Drinking at the Fountain Avenue. Oh, my friend says, oh, drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think they drink? They're thirsty for God. Why does a woman at the well have so many husbands? Because this is not satisfied. So we started, I said, okay, we'll sing. And I, I, I just took out my ukulele and I didn't sanctify it. I didn't know how to sanctify it. You know? So they thought, they started singing. I played with them and drinking at the fountain that never runs dry. Drinking at the fountain of life am I. Finding joy and pleasure in the founding man. Many weary years I vainly sought a spring, one that never would run dry. On a villain all the earth to me could bring, nothing could be satisfied. Hallelujah. Drinking at the fountain that never runs dry. Drinking at the fountain of life am I. Then 
asked my wife, because she got saved that night, I says, what made you open, you know? She says, I, she could never believe that Jesus was God. She, be, she thought that Jesus was, was a made-up person. And that there is a God, and she, she, she was... She believed there's a God, but Jesus... She says, the time the brothers and sisters walked into that apartment, she realized Jesus is God. So she was just looking around. I was watching her. And she's looking. And she didn't like to sing because I, I used to say, whoa, what kind of voice do you have, you know, in the world? <laughs> You know what I mean? And she, she, she just looked, she just looked. And then she started to sing. Drinking at the fountain. Soon as she sang, she burst into tears. Wow. And I knew the triune God. <laughs> her mouth was closed. <laughs> she opened her mouth. <laughs> Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Amen. She got saved. She never turned from the Lord since. Amen. I got so happy. Woo! I got a new wife. And she says, I got a new husband. And we saw at uh, that night, uh, eventually, that, that two persons did get saved. They weren't saved that night, very close. They're both alive. Then, um, then my mother's hard case, I was worried about her, what to do. Two months later, Lord woke me up one afternoon. I was on a nap, my wife and I, and she, Lord says, go. And uh, she's 68, she's ready to die. All I knew was this marvelous salvation, and I knew that it wasn't Buddhism. But the difficulty was, how do you preach to a woman 60 years old, who's been in Buddhism all those years, and active every day, every day, chanted. That's all she had. She would wash her hands, and the doctor says, if you wash it more, your skins will just spill off. She felt filthy inside, and she couldn't, she couldn't get the filth away. And I remember before I was saved, she says, son, I'm just going to die. And it was so dark. I, 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 I just. Well, the Lord says, go with him. And I first told the Lord, I says, Lord, she may just die before my eyes because she's a Buddhist. And for me to preach the gospel means what she's in is false. Just that implication. And, and, and the Lord says, just obey. So I went, my wife and I went. 
And I just says, I set my mom down and I says, mom, eventually I says, and she was just quiet. She wouldn't say anything. Will you just pray what I pray? And I, I'm so, I don't know enough verses except John 1, 12. Then I begin to know about the cleansing blood. It says there he, that they healed the wounds. And in um, Isaiah and Peter, Isaiah 53, it says, by his stripes we are healed. She was wounded. I mean, just so wounded. <clears throat> and I, I just uh, told her to call on the Lord and I just follow the Lord and then that's my second fruit. My wife was the first. Now I have a co-worker with me. <clears throat> and I says, Mom, just say, Lord Jesus. And no sound. And I just was waiting for it to collapse or call. And she just opened her mouth and prayed, Lord Jesus. That's all it took, brothers. And I says, Lord Jesus, cleanse me. She says, cleanse me. And all of a sudden, she began to blossom. <laughs> then I taught her the song, There's Power in the Blood. Soon as I get saved, I begin to sing the songs on the blood because I got so many junky songs in me from the world. I had to begin to sing to wash away all the other things. That week, she began to walk around the block, weeping before the Lord, singing on about the blood of the Lamb. She got healed. <laughs> I saw a dead woman rise from the dead. <laughs> Consider now, brother. How about my wounds of not able to help my mother, not able to love her? I got healed. Marvelous. Hallelujah. Yes. And somebody say, how come you serve the Lord? How come I serve the Lord? I owe him everything. And what else can I give people? Well, my mom, some of you may not know, she's in the hospital right now. I bought her in yesterday, was it? Yeah. She's 91. She's been serving with me now. She's completely changed. How I thank the Lord. 30 years ago, we're giving her 30 years more. Maybe she may be going to the Lord now. 91. Praise the Lord. Amen. What could I have given my mother? Money, Hawaii, land, she had it. What? 
the triune God. And when I moved her into my house, uh, she was living with my brother. I thought, well, uh, it'd be hard uh, because, you know, her age. And I built a room right next to the living room and get sometimes 30, 50 young people there. And she loved it. She's always bothering the full-timers. Uh, where are you? Jefferson? Where is this new one? Did you call this one? I haven't seen this one. I says, Mom, you're not the trainer. <laughs> she says, if you don't call the new ones, that, that makes a big difference. Let's call them. That's all she had. Just the Lord. So my wife, my mother, am I boring you? No. This is real to me. And I saw her wounds get healed. And dispensing of the trying God into her being. Then my brothers, I says, well, I says, Mom, you brought him into the world. Now it's your responsibility. Praise the Lord. She prayed them all to salvation. One day she says, call up the oldest brother. My oldest brother was very hard. He wouldn't listen to me and he would, he would come to my mother and say, you know, this Howard is too much. Always talking about Jesus. He wouldn't tell me. Of course, I'm the kid brother and he's much older. So one time uh, I told my mother, I told my brothers after they got saved, Oh, yeah, Dennis. You know Dennis Higashi? You want to hear his testimony? Yes. <laughs> you tell him. I tell his testimony. Anyway. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be in trouble with him. <laughs> oh, Dennis. <laughs> Praise God. He got saved. Yeah. Anyway, he's dead. Uh, uh, came out of the service and he was going to go to Oregon. He had his job all set up and uh, we prayed for him. So my mother was praying for him, all her children, and uh, that time there was a large number that went to Taipei and on the way back uh, I think they were gone over a month. And they came back and we we're going to meet them at the airport and we had gospel robes on and my mother used that time to preach the gospel to uh, um, my brother. He says, will you take me to the airport? And in being the mother, the son not going to say no. And what for? You know, you, you, just, you just follow me. So they, they were coming on here with the saint from Taipei, coming back from Taipei. And we were lined up. We were all in gospel world. But here's my brother. And we were shouting, praise the Lord, here's my brother, hi. <laughs> and we're shaking hands and this and that. And my mother said, not hi. When the next one comes, you have to say, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> so after 34 hallelujahs, he got saved. <laughs> <laughs> 
You ask me, it's a burden. Came in the church, but the whole family. Then one day my mother called me, um, well, we had a, a, a wedding of my niece, Dana's sister, and she says, I want you to speak and sign the papers. I says, you're asking the wrong person. She says, what do you mean, uncle? I, says, I said, well, if you ask me to speak, my, brother's, my brother that's not saved is going to be there with her family, his family, children. They're not saved. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to ruin the whole thing. <laughs> she goes, ah. And she says, let's do it. <laughs> let's ruin the wedding. <laughs> We prayed for eight weeks straight. My brothers, my mother, the ones that were saved. And one of my brother-in-law, I'm still praying for, he's beginning to open. That was, you know, a long time ago. Every time we open the word, matter of the gospel, he's ready to physically fight. So he came also, but we prayed, we said, this is an impossible case. So here I was, and I went to the Lord, and the Lord gave me John chapter 2, and I says, oh, wonderful, about the new wine, and the Lord says, no, about the dead waters. And the whole message was negative. <laughs> I stood there and I said this and that, that the water, what you're in, you're dead. <laughs> I had to follow the Lord. At the wedding, can you imagine? <laughs> you dead water pots. <laughs> full of death. And beside, I pointed at my brother. You're not my real brother. These are my real brothers. Here this looks. <laughs> At that point, my mother stood up, walked up to the front, and looked at my brother. Like, this is my son. You follow. So I says, brother, I says, Auro, if you deny the Lord's name here, your name will be denied in the heavens. If you confess it before man, your name will be confessed. You must publicly confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All of a sudden, <laughs> Jesus Christ is Lord. His wife stood up. Jesus Christ is Lord. My brother-in-law stood up. Jesus Christ is Lord. My sister stood up. Jesus Christ is Lord. My two nephews stood up. Jesus Christ is Lord. Wow. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah! Yeah. Don't waste a wedding. Change it to a gospel meeting. Everybody can get married, long gowns, and all that junk. <laughs> Dive in the lake of fire with long gowns. 
Say something. Hallelujah. 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 Ooh. He got saved. Then one night, my oldest brother lived in San Bernardino. He's in the church in San Bernardino. He and his wife. And his wife says, it's very strange. He said, later I found out the mother, her mother in Tokyo was a sister. No one could understand her. She said she couldn't understand her. Every day, the mother read the Bible. Because the mother passed away. So the Lord's sovereignty. Sorry, the time. Okay, let me go quickly. Anyway, he called me up, and I, as I came, he began to confess all his sins. I felt so strange. Here I am, kid brother, you know. Then my other brother in Hawaii, he got saved. I preached the gospel. He says, not for me. Eventually, he got saved. Now my sister used to, is coming up all the time and uh, now visits me when, when it's Friday night. She's saved. And she comes Friday because she wants to come to the meeting. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for the gospel? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're saved? Amen. There's so many out there. I, I, I have so many other stories, but I think I better stop right here. Um, it'll take another hour or two. But I sh when people don't get saved, I, I feel so. Right, one time this girl came to me. Came. I came back from Taipei. She knocked on the door. I never met her. She says, are you Howard? I says, yes. Says, Can you and your wife baptize me? <laughs> sure. Throw the water on. You know how she got saved? She was a hard person. And um, she came to my house. I wasn't there at that time. And one full time I was there. And I don't think the sister knew what she was doing, but the Lord used her. Her, her grandmother was sick, and she came there, and she was going to visit her grandmother, and then when she went down, this full-timer went with her, and on the way down to the hospital, he says, call on the Lord with me. And this, this girl says, who's this crazy woman telling me to call on the Lord? And she bothered her so much, she called on the Lord with her. But the grandmother was in coma for about a year. And they too were kind of enemies their whole life. So her conscience was bothering her that, that now the grandmother's going to die and there's something dark between them. So this, this, uh, this sister, full time, I told this girl, who's not saved when he saw the grandmother, could you share in Vietnamese what I speak to you in English? And she preached the gospel to the grandmother in coma. Then this girl went back the following day, and the grandmother was okay. And her last words was, 
You remember that girl that came yesterday? These are your people. Then she died two weeks later. Then she came knocking on my doors, baptized me. She's in the church. Church in Long Beach, you want to meet her? Oh. God's salvation, he has a way, I, I don't know. When my wife gave birth, in our first baby, I was 42. And she wanted to go get this natural birth, you know, I didn't know you breathe. You gotta, and the husband has to go too? And I said, it doesn't say the husband go. But she said, I want you to be there, you know, natural birth, the husband gotta go. With I said, look, I got better things to do Monday night. It doesn't say the husband suffer, it says the woman travails. <laughs> I couldn't stand, oh man, I may faint there, you know. <laughs> She's screaming, oh, my goodness, what, what am I gonna do? I can't do anything, so here I am, and, I, and, and the brothers, Dick and the brothers came, brother, you better go with your wife. I says, okay, they twist my arm. And this sister, one sister lived with us, and she's picked up this girl who's a Mormon, and she says, could you pray for her? Her husband is Buddhist. I said, oh yeah, okay, yeah, you know. So I went to that class, and I, <laughs> all these big women there, <laughs> got on the floor, <laughs> breathe, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And, and, and we had to introduce ourselves. I was going to joke. I was so kind of. And the Lord says, you be careful. Don't say anything. Now, I come here, I can't even joke. <laughs> I'm on the floor. <laughs> Breathe. I <laughs> saw so all these big women and with their, all their husbands. You know. And here we are. What are we doing here? You know? <laughs> And here I saw this lady. I didn't know that lady next to me was the one who was the Mormon. And the husband is the Buddhist. I didn't know that. So I was doing that. She says, I enjoyed what you shared Saturday night. I was on my knees with my wife. <laughs> A gospel candidate. I says, could you come to my house after? So right every Monday, they would come to dinner. And I says, I turned to the husband one day, I says, after a meal, I says, before your baby is born, you're gonna be born again. <laughs> he got saved right that night. Wow. How do you think I felt? <laughs> wow. Huh? Let's go to that baby class. <laughs> you do not know where they are. You have to be ready in and out of season. I'm not saying I, I, I am very unfaithful. But he puts them right in my, I enjoy your message. Here in the middle of a hospital, I enjoyed your message or your, what you shared said. I said, oh, Lord, this was in the meetings. And that's the one they said, and he got saved. 
So, have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Is there anything higher than this? No. To bring God to man? My mom may be go going to the Lord, most likely, very soon. But can you imagine my feelings of joy that God has come into her 60 years of age? She's 91 and has become my co-worker, praying for young people. I, ha I am full of praise. Yeah. I'm full of praise! Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! There's many more wounded ones all over. Going down, you have the oil and the wine. May we be faithful to take care of them when he returns, he will repay us. Amen. That's the kingdom reward. Okay, I better stop right here.